Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, thank you so much, um, Lord, for this family, for this congregation, Lord. Um, I'm just really appreciative, and uh, thank you for giving me this time. And, and Father, I do ask that you, uh, that you help me, just guide me, Lord, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, this has nothing to do with my message, but I love fleece because once September hits, I'm cold until May. But the downside of fleece, if you have a dog, um, or worse, two, um, is that you bring them with you wherever you go. And I, this, or I, it, so if you've never met my dogs, just come talk to me afterwards. I'll show you what color they are. Anyway, have you ever said anything stupid? I have, uh, every once in a while, I have troubles with insomnia. And for whatever reason, that's when my brain decides to remind me of all the stupid things I've ever said. The list is pretty long. Um, and uh, I was going to say pretty glorious. I, I mean, I, when Jim and I were in high school, okay, a little bit about me. Um, I, I'm not the toughest guy around. I know that shocks most of you. Um, and so when you're growing up, like when I was going into high school, I was four foot eight and um, under 100 pounds. And, um, and so I found it to be convenient if someone was making fun of me verbally or physically, if you made fun of somebody else, it took the attention off of you and put it onto somebody else so somebody else could get the beat down. I wasn't a Christian then. Um, and so, you know, you just sort of learn, <laughs> you just kind of learn to be mean verbally. And, um, you know, once you get saved, all of your old habits don't necessarily go away. And you, you kind of train yourself to, to, you know, to be a smart aleck. And um, it doesn't always go well. When Jim and I were in high school, we had a, we had a friend, and I use that in the past tense because I don't think we're friends anymore. Um, actually, I know we're not friends anymore. And so he started making fun of me at lunch. And I, I started making fun back. And I, I didn't stop. I, I did not stop. And, and he actually got so mad, he smooshed my cake, on, which is great. I mean, he was bigger than I, and that could have been my face. But he smooshed my cake and walked away, and we never chatted again, ever. Um, and I've, I've been coming to Grace since the, uh, since the early 80s. And uh, if I haven't said something insulting to you at, at some point, I will. I'm just going to apologize in advance. It's not intentional. Um, but boy, it's just it's funny. How, like, when you get alone and, and you spend time with the Lord, maybe it's just me because I have such a huge pile of stupid things that I've said, it just comes back. Um, so if I owe anybody an apology, I apologize. If you don't think that's good enough, come talk to me. I will apologize again and again and again. And when I make fun of you or do something stupid next week, I will apologize again. Because um, that's just how I roll. In John chapter 13, it says, A new command I give you. Love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So we know that it's a command, right? So we don't get to choose if we love one another or not. It's something that we just have to do. And we don't get to choose whom. We don't get to pick and choose our brothers and sisters in Christ any more than we get to choose our brothers and sisters biologically. We are a family, and therefore, we must love. And the best part about this is it isn't just for us here. We've got to take that love 
outside of the church and love, and love whomever God places in our, in our path. Um, and it's funny, uh, you know, when we talk about where Jesus says, love one another, and then he says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. How does that relationship work with Jesus? Right? If, if, if you and I are to love one another, as Jesus loved us, the model is how Jesus loved us. Right? Because Jesus said it, therefore it is true. So what does that look like? Right? Obviously, Jesus sacrificed everything so we could have relationship. He put our needs above his own. And so that is true, right? That's true for us. Putting other people's needs before our own. Love is an action. It's not a feeling. Love is doing. It's not just feeling something. But when you look at the relationship that Jesus has with us, it's interesting to me that, that he is willing to tell us when we've done something wrong, right? That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit has come so we can be convicted, so we can have a deeper relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so if we've done something that offends God, the Holy Spirit lets us know. So we can repent of it, right? So we can change. And sometimes we're smart enough to realize <laughs> that we've done something wrong, so the Holy Spirit doesn't need to tap us on the shoulder, right? When you're spending time with, with the Lord, when you're praying, and you, all of a sudden you just remember something that you've done, and it's, you can apologize right away. So you don't always need the Holy Spirit to remind you because we're smart enough to sometimes recognize what it is that we've done wrong. And it's funny, but to me, that is the core of our relationship with God, is to making sure that it is a strong, permanent, ongoing, growing relationship. And the only way that that can continue to happen is for us to stop doing things that offend God and remembering the things that we do offend God with so that relationship remains strong. Well, if we are to love as Jesus loved us, how is that different for you and I? It isn't. It isn't. We have to know when we offend one another. We have to know when we have troubles in our relationships with each other. In Philippians chapter 4, it says, I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with, plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. I don't know what Yodi and Syntyche were arguing about. I have no idea. But it was important enough for Paul to put that in a letter. Because division amongst individuals can become division amongst the greater group. Right? And so Paul's point here is, settle it. And you guys that know them, help them settle it. I'm going to ask them, when I get to heaven, what they were arguing about. It was probably something small. Because most things are something small. Within the body of Christ, I, you know, when I, when, <laughs> when I do something stupid, generally speaking, it's not intentional. If I say something that offends you, I didn't intend to offend but it happens, right? And people can get angry and people can get mad and a little thing can become a very large thing. And if I were a betting man, though I don't know, I'm betting it was a small thing that became bigger because they didn't handle it. They didn't take care of it. So whose responsibility is it to maintain the relationship? Fair question. 
In Matthew 18, verse 15, it says, If your brother sins, <clears throat> except he, he's not going through puberty, so let me do that again. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established in the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. If you are offended, you're responsible. If somebody offends you to the point where it has damaged the relationship between the two of you, it's your responsibility to fix it. It's your responsibility to go to that individual and let them know what it is that they've done that has offended you, that has damaged the relationship, that isn't going to enable you to go forward in your relationship. That's your responsibility. Try to handle it yourself. And I'm not talking about every little thing, right? If Pastor Jim steps on my foot, I don't think we need a meeting. <laughs> We've known each other too long. We, we've known each other too long. There are so many things that we've accidentally done to one another. Playing football, playing Nerf basketball, which I still feel bad about. <laughs> what did I do? None of your business. <laughs> Just know that I feel bad about it. <laughs> but when you try to handle it yourself, there are, there are additional steps that you can take, right? I mean, if it's really that bad, if, if, if things are, are, are not happening and you go to the individual and it's not working, there are further steps that you can take to escalate the solving of the problem because that's the ultimate goal, is the solving of the problem and the reestablishment of a healthy, growing relationship so that you can have the love relationship between one another that Jesus has with you, right? So if it doesn't work, you bring somebody else. If that doesn't work, you bring the elders of the church. <laughs> if that doesn't work, we treat you like a pagan or a tax collector, which I'm not exactly sure what that is, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> but you do have to be careful, though, right? Because you don't want whatever problem you're having in the relationship, you don't want it to boil over into somebody else. You don't want how, if you're having troubles with somebody else, you don't want to have that trouble affect how somebody else sees that individual, right? Because it's your problem. The problem is between the two of you. It is not anybody else. It is you two. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, faction, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you, and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. And in Proverbs 16, verse 28, it says, A perverse man stirs up dissension, excuse me, and a gossip separates close friends. Gossip kills. I'm not saying you can't seek out advice. I'm saying careful how you seek out advice and from whom you seek out advice. If you're going to everybody and seeking out advice over a problem that you're having with somebody else, that's not advice, that's gossip. If you go to a close personal friend and say, hey, I don't know how to deal with this, help me, that's advice. And we need to be careful, because gossip does kill. And once gossip hits, man, it is so hard to pull that back. 
it is so, it's impossible to pull it back. And the moment you change how somebody else feels about somebody else, that's not good. Because what is the point of gossip? The point of gossip is to make you look good and the other person look bad. Right? Look how important I am. I know all this knowledge about this bad person. What benefit is there to that? None in the kingdom of God. Absolutely none. So if you've got a problem with somebody else, it is up to you to solve it. In Matthew 5, verse 22, it says, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. If you are the offender, and you know it, straighten it out. Just like you would if you were praying and you realized that you had sinned, right? You would apologize to God, repent, and not do it anymore. So if you've done something to offend someone and you know it, apologize for it. And that's great in every relationship, wives and husbands. <laughs> it's not just with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a great thing when you've offended your spouse to apologize for it. When you have said something stupid a lot. <laughs> to apologize for it. I spend a lot of time apologizing to Lynn Marie. But that's a good thing, if I've done something wrong. And the same thing is true with you. So whose responsibility is it? It's everybody's responsibility. Whether you are the receiver of the offense or you are the giver of the offense, it is your responsibility to ensure that the relationships that you have are moving forward in Christ. your responsibility. You don't get to take the time off. You don't get to be so offended that you don't go to the other person. You don't get to be the offender and realize that you've done something wrong and just blow it off. Well, they'll just get over it. That's not up to you. You have to take care of it. Just like the Holy Spirit takes care of it with you. So what's the point? Why? It's always important to know the why. In 1 John chapter 4, it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If for no other reason, it's because that's what God wants us to do. I don't know what it was like for you growing up. When my parents told me to do something, it was not a discussion. Ever. I never got to add anything to it. And if I started to argue, like if I ever said, so go clean your room, why? Because I said. If I said anything after that, the punishment was going to be swift, terrible, and painful. And so that's what I did. And sometimes for us, that's how our walk with God goes. Why do we do it? Because God told us to. Realistically, we don't need any other reason than that, but yet there's more. Because it creates unity. It creates healthy relationships within the body of Christ. It enables us to go and walk out the gospel in a complete and full fashion. 
And that is a tremendous example to those that are not unified. To those people that don't yet know Christ, what kind of example are we setting? If you and I are taking care of the relationships and you and I have the healthy Christian relationships that we're supposed to have, oh my goodness. That's such a great witness to those that don't, don't yet know God because they don't have to live that way. And frankly, most of the people don't, right? I mean, how many of you have ever been around somebody at the office when they're talking about work gossip, right? Have you heard? Did you know? Bob goes home early every day. Susie's got a drug problem. I don't know. <laughs> but if we are being the, the men and women of Christ that we're supposed to be, we don't participate in that, right? But even our non-Christian relationships, we're still walking this out. So when you have somebody at work and you've offended them, when you go up to apologize and try to make that right, what does that say? It says, I love God and I'm trying to walk it out. And it's a great example. Or even going up to somebody in love and saying, hey, you know, I, I, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, when we were in this meeting and <laughs> you demoted me in front of my peers, it really hurt my feet. No, but like if, if there's a legitimate problem that you've got with somebody or somebody has offended you, to go to them and say, look, this really, this really hurt me. And I'd like to make this better because we have to work together every day. What can we do to make this better? Again, is a tremendous witness. And then selfishly, in a community like this, in a community of believers where people know how to love, there's personal growth. We need our relationships with one another because we learn from one another, right? It's not just from the awesome preaching of Pastor Jim that we learn stuff. I can't tell you the, the things that I've learned from, from people past and present that have come through our congregation. I've learned how to be a better husband because of my relationships with you. I've learned how to be a parent because of my relationships with you. I've learned to be a better believer because of my relationships with you. And it's through those examples of how you walk out your life, how you are a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife, or how you're walking out your relationship with God. If you and I have a good relationship, we can learn from one another. If there's something, some sort of friction that gets in that relationship, we're not learning anything from anybody. So it's important for us to maintain these relationships. For the people that come through the front door for the first time, for the people who don't yet know God, and for those of us that have known God for a very long time. We are together for a reason. God has brought this local body together for a purpose. And the only way that we can walk out that purpose is if we mind our individual relationships. You don't get to pick and choose who you love. You don't get to pick and choose who you, who you maintain your relationship with. We have to maintain our relationships with everyone. I get it. Not everybody's going to be close personal friends with everybody. This is a lot of people. And as our church continues to grow, there's going to be more people. You have your, you have your people that you are close with, your home fellowships, that sort of thing. But it doesn't matter how close we are to one another. We still have to maintain the relationships. Whether you've offended or been offended, it's up to you. 
so that we can be us. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives with mine and learn from those who follow our example. Don't let a poor relationship keep you from what God has for you. Whether that's your relationship with God or a relationship with one another. Do right. Seek out the forgiveness if necessary. Seek out the repair if necessary. It's the only way we'll be what we need to be. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for this body. I do thank you for this community of believers, Lord. Such wonderful people, Lord, and so different. We're all so different from one another, and let you put us all together, and Lord, I thank you for that. It's such a joy to come here and to meet people and to learn about people and to grow with one another. And Father, I, I ask that you help us to apply this. Lord, that we're not so sensitive that we're offended by everything, but Lord, when a serious offense comes by, that we're grown up enough to own it and seek forgiveness. And Lord, that we're grown up enough that if someone offends us, that we can address it. Thank you for giving us rules to live by. Thank you for forgiving us each other, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's stand, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.